At last, adventure has a name, and that name must be Indiana Jones. To infinity and beyond! Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. And don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. years, man has searched for the lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark. It is their Atanis. And it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on Earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I'll tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Let her go. Welcome everybody to Pop Culture. I am Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, a couple of uh, months ago, probably, if you've been a dedicated and loving listener to our show, in which case, you're all right in my books. We did an episode on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. An episode that I really wish you'd been a part of now, although you might have been sitting there the whole time being like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I've never heard of this movie. It doesn't exist? No. So it was one of our uh, What Were They Thinking episodes, (laughs) which is very interesting to see where we've come from, given that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is so terrible, being the last film in the series, but we got the opportunity, the three of us, to go and see the first film in this right. glorious mm-hmm. series at the at the cinema. And to realise that the fall was so... <laughs> it's it's an Everest-sized yes. drop in quality. Not from for this film, but yes. the Crystal Skull. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The slope is steep. <laughs> wow, what a film. And I mean, I don't think, obviously, if you're listening to this, you'll know that we're all going to love this movie. And that's... Yeah. But we thought it'd be cool to talk about it and um, as a bit of a retrospective, um, you know, Indiana Jones is the movie that I think set the standard for the everyman hero. And Jason has said it numerous times in this podcast, he is the ultimate action hero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For many reasons. He gets tired. That's right. He gets hurt. Yep. He (laughs) is happy to shoot somebody rather than have a fist fight with them. He's, he's pragmatic. He hates Nazis, which <laughs> what more do you want in a hero, really? He hates snakes. He really hates snakes. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's got a higher body count than, <laughs> than a lot of other heroes. Mm-hmm. It's also very intelligent. Incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. So we have to um, remember that. Much, a much beloved high, uh, high school professor, yes. or college professor rather. <laughs> yes. Much, much beloved. <laughs> Yeah, present company included. <laughs> you would have been the chick with the love you written on your eyelids. Yeah, maybe. What a level of commitment to do that or have to get someone else to do that to it you. Takes one eye. Yeah, yeah. It takes gusto. Good yeah. for her. Yeah, she, well, you know, she got his attention. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, and I think it's... it it, And I think uh, we were talking about it after we left the cinema. Yeah. Indiana Jones is this sort of like Spielberg and Lucas's attempt to do kind of like the ultimate pulp action hero kind of on the uh, little bit of James Bond, a little bit of the sort of pulp novels of 
the 30s. Yes. A bit cowboy as yeah. well. Yeah. And, yes. and, and what we get is something so unbelievably iconic that when people today try to do pulp, they just rip off Indiana Jones when they're trying to do pulp adventure. It's always, you know, the broad-shouldered masculine hero with a square jaw with a fedora and a whip and a gun. Like, it, mm. he, it has set the new standard for what people consider pulp. Mm. Mm. Because it's that good. It is that good. And, you know, when this movie came out in 1981, it had a lot of stiff competition at the box office too. Um, For Your Eyes Only was out as well, James Bond film. Yep. Superman 2. And, you know, also The Great Muppet Caper. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) (laughs) The the greatest ensemble (laughs) (laughs) ever assembled. (laughs) Well, yeah, okay, well... (laughs) Um, I, can beat, I can see why it beat the great Muppet Caper, um, but yeah, it, it it was born of this idea. I think in terms of George Lucas saying what you were saying, but mm. it was also Spielberg having this dream of doing James Bond. Yeah, yes, and he took it upon Lucas in terms of he'll go, yes, I'll direct this film, and because it was sort of a James Bond-esque character. Mm. And um, originally called Indiana Smith. Yes. <laughs> which doesn't have the <laughs> same... Not as much gravitas. <laughs> no, and Spielberg had issue with that, and he was the one who changed it to Jones. Mm. He knew that they wanted a sort of like typical name, mm. but Smith just didn't work, didn't roll off the tongue. Nah, it doesn't no. have the same punch. <laughs> In the film when you um, hear Renee Bella go, Jones. Yes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so um, he... Definitely put his own identity to this as well in terms of, you know, how it was created as a character and it's as much Lucas's project as Spielberg's and it's one of those Mm. magical moments of uh, these talents coming together and doing something gelling really amazingly wonderful with it. And not to mention um, choosing the absolute right person to play Jones. Which is a fun journey to talk about. it wasn't really the choice. No, there were a few others in the mix. Because I think Lucas was really against it because he didn't want him to be... I think he said that he didn't want Harrison Ford to be his Robert De Niro, in a sense, I think, taking a little dig at Scorsese. Um, Mm. and, And I can understand from a creative perspective maybe why he thought that way, but it, like... this It doesn't work without Ford. Ford has this ability to to play that every man. And I think maybe it's because he's kind of a normal dude who's been sort of th- like, he was a carpenter who like, he yeah, was a carpenter that just, just happened to appear in American graffiti yeah. and it just catapulted him straight from there. Yeah. And he just had that like charisma and charm and kind of like enough good looks to make it sort of the, the star thing. I cannot <laughs> express how much I need to emphasize the good looks bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, he, he's definitely got <laughs> You're a... sitting there with a big grin on your face. Yeah. I am, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm such a fan. <laughs> he's not like a pretty boy, though. No. He's got a no, bit he of a seems like a, do- a dude. He's got like some grit. Just, yes, so it's... That yeah. grittiness is what really helps Harrison Ford fit that character. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking back at one of the characters that would have... Uh, sorry, actors that would have done it is uh, Tom Selleck. Yeah, no. Who at the time was doing Magnum P.I. Yeah. Um, I can't see a moustache on Indiana Jones. That's probably the big <laughs> thing, yeah. right? I, I don't know. Maybe he would have shaved it off. Who yeah. knows? But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Selleck, the man, is the man because of the stash. Like. That's exactly <laughs> it. And not just Tom Selleck was considered for the role either. There were a few others thrown in there. We have um, Bill Murray. Yeah, that's. I just can't. I can't do it. I no? can't imagine yeah. that. How about Jack Nicholson? He was considered. Sort of. <laughs> Yeah. Archaeology, man. Archaeology, man. Here is Indy. I guess. Ark of the Covenant. I'm trying to think what Jack Nicholson was doing at the time to give a a fair. 81. Uh, When was Cuckoo's? That was earlier, I thought. Yeah, so so he would have come off the back of Easy Rider and all that stuff. Mm. But to put him as an action hero. I don't think it would have worked. He's never really done that. He's not that kind of actor. No. No, I can't see that working. Yeah. The only one that um, stuck out to me that I thought could have worked was maybe Jeff Bridges. Just because he's just a good actor. Though. He is a very good actor and he can, um, I mean, looking at Jeff Bridges, you know, he's the dude. That's how but people he's also, know him best. But he also makes a mean Rooster Cogburn. Yes, he does. <laughs> so he's, he's been a few yeah. things through the years. Uh, no, I can actually see him working, to yeah, be honest. Uh, I do too. 
it would have a different it'd be different idea of who Indiana Jones was as a result, but uh, yeah, that could have worked. I think um, Ford just brings this imperiousness to the role, but also strangely laid back. And he's so relatable. You know... Yeah, he's likeable. You he's know straight away what Indiana Jones is like, you know, and by the time you see him do some things, you're not overly surprised. You, you, mm. get, you get to know him but it's, it's very cool well. He's, well, I think it's it's it works because it's got that sort of James Bond-esque opening where it's like the, the, the end of the last adventure yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But we get this really interesting little mm. glimpse of the character because we go from like the amazing kind of intro with the sinister little John Williams score rumbling in the background to yeah. like him shooting the guy and then coming out of the shadows for the reveal. That's exactly His it. intelligence with the clues and getting through the traps and stuff. And then and then he gets sort of like one-upped by the villain. And then we go straight into like, he just legs it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He doesn't stand around and talk. The villain's halfway through. He's like, victory speech, he's run off. <laughs> Jumps on, you know, like has this great heroic, like swings out to the plane. But then we get this like, Suddenly, it's like, oh, this—the dude who was just like coming out of the shadows and shooting the guys, like shitting his pants because there's a snake in the cockpit. <laughs> like, you get it all in this one yeah. little. I have to say slice. that intro scene is probably the complete action package. Yes. Yeah. In a short moment, um, I don't think any James Bond intro has been better than that. No. I don't think honest. any action adventure film that sort of lifts from Indiana Jones has done that either. The one that I think of um, the most is um, the Tomb Raider series. Really? Sim- oh, okay. Similar thing. You have. Um, I can't I even remember. <laughs> go on, go on. No, no, no. I guess I'll talk more to the more recent one with Alicia Vikander. Yeah. Um, not so much the Jolie one, but you have this adventurer. Mm. Um, very action packed, resourceful, but you know they know when they're beaten and when to leg it. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wasn't so much that that I meant there. It was more mm. this pacing. It hits every beat. Yeah. Oh it's, yes. It sort of has these moments where. The action's non-stop. There's all these tense moments of, you know, throw me the mm. idol, give me the whip, you know, and things like no that. No time to argue. And then <laughs> leaping across with a the yeah. door, door closing, then the root pulling away as he's getting up and it, it just keeps going and going. And mm. then you get this moment with Belloc. He runs and he's trying to swing out onto the, the plane. Onto plane, the plane. But in the meantime, the guy, the pilot's there fishing and <laughs> trying to debate with himself. He's got a bite. He's got a bite. And it just has all of these magical little moments. Mm. And then that score. Really pull it together in just this it does. introduction to a film. Not just that as well. I, I can't speak um, to everybody's experience, but um, I watched this movie on repeat on VHS at home. My dad recorded <laughs> it from TV. It's got the commercials and everything in nice. it. Nice. But my f- one of my favourite scenes that stuck with me, I remember it very clearly from the first time I saw this movie, was when he is waggling his fingers in front of the idol, oh, weighing the it with the sand. Yep. It's an extremely tense moment. And he sort of measures the sand being like, hmm, I'm not sure. And the music too, the dun. Yes. And then Silence. It just, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like, oh, he got it wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just, <laughs> the jump. The but that also demonstrates that, you know, he's not perfect. Yeah, no, yeah. That, and, that, that and that's what makes him. That's the best thing about And him. that's what makes the character yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the running jump, hitting the root, the root pulls away. Mm. All of and these he's things. Like, oh, <laughs> it's relief and yeah. then it goes. Yeah. <laughs> it just, and it, Harrison Ford does those expressions of the sort of shock of, <laughs> yep. oh no, it didn't quite go that way. Yeah. And then when you, I think that moment he walks out and you, he looks up and you get that boulder, it's like, this is something else. Like, <laughs> yes. Wow. The, mm. the, and he's running and you see the whole set and it's got that Indiana Jones, uh, it's got that James Bond kind of like grandiose mm. set piece with the big boulders coming down there. Mm. It's amazing. And then, but you know, yeah, it elevates it. A level I think James Bond can't even touch. No, I don't. I, I think it's surpassed the hero qualities of James Bond yeah. way, way, way more than it's established originally because, I mean, I guess prior to Indiana Jones, I don't know what other hero or action hero we would name as a character. Um, I think because I think it comes off the back of like, it's like 81, so... You, you know, as far as action movies go, prior to that, you've got what like, like like Steve McQueen kind of bullet, yeah, but those kind of war films. films it's not and a character that goes on, on and on. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. apart from like maybe what, what French Connection, sort of the Gene Hackman character. Yeah, so it's again, it, but that's it. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't do it. It's yeah. sort of like they're the kind of that's what was being made prior to this, and then 
now and then you kind of get like you know the, the Arnies and all that sort of crap later on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where they're trying to then make the character the important part. I think as well you have a look at someone like Ford. He cuts a figure that to me reminds me of a lot of 1940s leading men. There's a Humphrey Bogart quality to yeah. him. There's a James, little bit of James Cagney in him, and you know the sort yeah. of gangster. Yeah. I think it's because they, you know, the the the, the star thing wasn't the polished postured package it was kind of yeah. you know like the, the like bogart and stuff you could imagine those guys going to a bar and yeah. you know like they were, they seemed like men men with presence yeah yeah before it became that kind of like the pretty boy thing or the media package yeah so yeah that's exactly yeah. right yeah. yeah like he's not exactly the most interviewable person celebrity no no he's not <laughs> no <laughs> i was reading a thing recently it was like harrison ford was once asked like um whether he thought Han Solo's appearance in Rise of Skywalker means that Han Solo was a Ford ghost and Harrison Ford replied, I don't know what the fuck a Force ghost is, leave me alone. <laughs> He's a cantankerous old... Yeah, yeah. but I get him. Like, yeah. Yeah, I would be completely. sick to death of answering people's stupid Star Wars questions. Oh, look, when Harrison Ford did the um, press tour, I think, for Blade Runner 2049... He had a lot more fun with it because <laughs> he got to drink at ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um. <laughs> but I think it's 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 I think the character obviously resonates with him too because I remember there was an interview with him prior to kind of Force Awakens and stuff where mm. he was like, "I don't want to do another Star Wars, but I'd happily do another Indiana Jones." Right. Yes. Right. So he obviously loves this character it. too. Yeah. Like he actually likes playing this character. Mm. Mm. So I think that speaks volumes to it too. Let's talk about the movie though. Let's go like like so you know this is an adventure film. This is a finding the lost MacGuffin thing, yep. and yep. it happens to be kind of takes this religious spin where we're looking for the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, and he gets recruited by the CIA to go off because Adolf Hitler is sending his goons out, the goon mm-hmm. squad, to find this thing that could turn the tide of the war. Yes, the mysticism of yeah, the Nazis. with a kind of cool little John Williams <laughs> music and stuff where every time they find a picture of the Ark. <laughs> and, and you, you know, we go off on this grand adventure from Nepal to Egypt to, you know, super secret Nazi island. <laughs> I love, one of the things that I really love about this film is the visual depiction of Indiana Jones' travel on the map. When you see him on the plane, you have Which the red line that goes from port off. to port. Yep. Forever. <laughs> it's, it's really wonderful. And um, as a history nerd, I wanted to double check some of the facts that the character of Jones was talking about looking for the city of Tanis. Um, Tanis is a real archaeological site. It is in Egypt. Um, and it was also known as the biblical city of Zoan. So the film does actually get quite a few points right. And even to the point where there was archaeological work being undertaken in the 1930s by the French which again, Rene Belloc. <laughs> so that's just my little thing. So I was very pleasantly surprised to see that they got I, what was I was living under the assumption yeah. it was all made up. <laughs> no, no, which no. Which is fine because you could make it up and sell it. You, you certainly can, but I just appreciated that all the more because I'm like, oh, yeah, I know about Tanis. It is, it is a place. I know that, you know, it was quite prominent, quite late in Egyptian history. Um, sorry, this is me going on um, She's gone full professor. I've gone full, I've gone full professor. <laughs> but I appreciated that they went to the trouble of getting what was the academic train of thought correct at the time. Trying to get a little nugget of truth in there or something. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe not the archaeological practice itself was completely kosher, but then again, it was the 1930s. There were rogue archaeologists about... There there were Nazis to bullwhip. There were Nazis to bullwhip. And, you know, (laughs) the French expeditions, they were also trying to look for evidence of pharaonic slavery, which is this huge thing. Zoan is where um, the baby Moses was um, said to have been discovered. So uh, there's that tie into the biblical history as well. So they're trying to, like, sort of confirmation bias faith. Yeah, very much so. Sort of like where there's lots of... I don't know why we're going down this road, but anyway, there's lots no, of no, like no, Christian expeditions that are sort of set out into historical sites to then be like confirm Bible stories and stuff like that. Well, that's moment. exactly it. And in this instance, it was actually proven wrong. Pierre Montent, who was the French archaeologist at the time investigating um, evidence for that particular case, um, the evidence that he found was actually proving the opposite. But that was his his hill to die on and he died on it thinking, <laughs> nope, nope, right you are. the record is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think 
going into the adventure. Yes. We start off with Marion. Yes. yes. Meeting Marion. Um, apart from, you know, Marcus, who is really more of a character to talk about in another Indiana Jones movie. But much beloved nonetheless. Yeah, yes. but even then I, I find that he's he his character has a presence as well, yeah. right at the beginning, where this sort of conversation where he's just a on the side going, oh, yes, they are good pieces after all, you know, sort of thing. And yeah. You yeah. can see that they've made that work really well as that relationship with each other and then talking over each – you know, he gets talked over, unfortunately, poor Marcus. But <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it, 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 it works really well. It's like a nice balance to who Indiana Jones is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Karen Allen, um, that's wow. probably, <laughs> yeah, I think, in terms of a female character and the fact that she's pretty well empowered as a character, yes. she's right she's from a, the she's offset. A bar owner, yeah, <laughs> she owns. Well, she's inherited the bar. I'm assuming from her dad. I'm not sure that we're not really. Well, clear it's never. Yet. She obviously, she's obviously is in charge. In charge <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, she can drink the biggest under the table, and yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and seemingly be completely sober enough to get yep. up and kick everyone out and clean yep, up. That's it. <laughs> She's not a passive character. No, She's no, no. also someone who will absolutely kick Indiana Jones straight in the balls if she feels she <laughs> needs first, to. First, well, it's yeah. It, her greeting is a punch in the face, so. <laughs> and, not a, and not a slap, <laughs> a no. punch. And you know what? Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. It he kind of deserves it straight away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then of course that has that sort of odd suggestion of how old was she in that past relationship. Oh, where so she, yeah. yeah. I think you might find a few people querying that a bit more now than when the film was released. <laughs> yes. Um, but in saying that, she certainly holds her own throughout the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably a few moments where she is the damsel in distress, but given any opportunity where she can take it into her own hands. Her She's also not does. like a shrieking... Not really, no. No, not at she all. She doesn't... And, like, when she has the opportunity to sort of be, like, in the really, like, screaming, perilous... Once again, we could talk about this with another Indiana Jones film. (laughs) Yeah. But her response is to then fire up and be, like, like calling the Nazis bastards and things like this. Like, she doesn't take it on the chin. No. That's exactly Um, it. And, you know, she also tries to escape herself once um, Indiana Jones realises that, oh, you know, if if I let her get away with me right now, they'll know I've been here. And yep. he leaves yeah. her behind, which is a tough decision to make. But then she still goes ahead and tries to escape herself by trying to drink Renee Belloc under the table. Yep. Yeah. And she, almo- the knife and she almost succeeds. Yeah, just doesn't realise that it's his family label with the, the wine. Not just that, but, you know, the minute that she's about to leave the tent, she's like, surprise, Nazis. <laughs> Damn it. Whenever you least expect it, Nazis. Yes. <laughs> Good evening, Fraulein. That creepiest character. <laughs> he used to, used to freak me out as a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. very, yeah, very... Horrifying and like mm. he's like a greasy little weasel. Yeah, he looks like just an evil Mickey Mouse. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and his little giggles too, right at the yeah. end. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's and that and that that scene as well is like I think a, 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 apparently it was like a, a visual joke that Spielberg concocted for yeah. some other movie and it didn't work, mm. and it's implemented so well where he pulls out this like horrific yeah, like device of torture yeah. on a chain. And it's, just, it's a coat hanger. It's coat hanger. <laughs> I can see that being in like maybe the Goonies or something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it it it's it's great. Like, like even though like I, off the top of my head, I can't remember that character's name. I I'm sorry, I can't either. Yeah, it's, I can't remember it being named. So memorable. Yes, it, it is. is so, it is so, so memorable. memorable. I just know he's the Gestapo because of the trench coat. Yeah, yeah, he's like, and he's yeah. like the torturer yeah. And, yeah. and that sort of stuff. Um, but but Belloc is a very interesting villain because it seems like he's mm. almost better at the archaeology than Indiana Jones. Not 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 sort of in terms of like he can't figure out the map thing, but he's also got the wrong information. So it's sort of but he he obviously one ups him. Once again, there's nothing that you can't do that I can't do better. I feel like Belloc is more of an opportunist. He's a, he's a yeah. Stevie little he's a rat s- snake in the grass. He really <laughs> is, but um that also makes you appreciate Jones's investigation into it all the more when he realizes they're digging in the wrong place because they only have one side, and of, they the have one side of the medallion. And that leads you to one of the most spectacular scenes in the whole movie where he um 
The Well of Souls. The Well of Souls. And, you know, the sunlight directly points to where the ark is kept. Which I think, again, has been knocked off in <laughs> countless things. It like has, the but nothing stands up to it. It's just so iconic. And the shirt, the little shadow. Ruby red yeah. dot going down. Yeah. yeah. And that that music, once again, the John no, Williams John Williams just Christ. certainly <laughs> made films work more than they probably would have otherwise. Without it, yeah. You certainly can't talk about this movie without talking about John Williams' score. It's just absolutely fantastic. And then, um, and I, I think, let's talk about like this, the side character, like Salah, these sort of really memorable. Yeah. I really love Salah. <laughs> Even um, Gatanga. Gatanga. There's so many good characters in this movie that like don't necessarily have a lot of screen time, but are very, very memorable. Mm. And like, it's just this, re- it's such a neat package. All of it. Yeah. And then, and then the, sort of I think the most interesting part about it is that the film doesn't end on an action sequence. No. No. The last thing is the the really the truck chase and then Yeah. There's a little bit of tension on the submarine, but there's no fight or anything. And then it, it all leads to almost like the, the you know God's hand coming down. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's it's kind of funny that the, the stand. <laughs> no, it, it, but it's like the I think the archaeology takes precedence over the over violence solving it. Indy's the one who's like, don't look. It's not sort of this big showdown. It's, well, it's yeah, just knowledge. Him knowledge. understanding. I would, I'd say not archaeology, but knowledge. Yeah, him understanding yeah. the what it's they're dealing n- he's with. He's not after any sort of power himself. He's yep. just after the knowledge. Yep. And the knowledge is what he's pursuing, which is the whole point to archaeology, yep. is to understand history. And so he's got that front and centre rather than the ceremony. Trying to, God, I'm going to yeah. have the power of God with me and things. So he's not I, interested yeah. in that. I kind of disagree with that a little yeah. bit. I don't think it's for knowledge. He's looking for these pieces to go into a museum, which is in exchange for money. Um, this is just me. So you think he's selling? Oh, yeah, they do talk about fetching a good price and stuff like that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, and so you know, yeah, but I don't know if he's doing that. I, I don't think. What's so. going to this the university's museum? Because when you have that conversation at the beginning, he's going. You know, this is the whole point to archaeology. Marcus says it to him. This mm. is not just you know going and getting any little relic. Mm. it's actually about understanding history in itself. Mm. It is, but I guess um, to me, um, dismissing the supernatural aspects of the arc um, actually dismisses um, the cultural connection of the people who own the item Yeah, a little bit. It's mm. a, I, well, it, yeah, it exists purely to be a... Well, religious that, now you're talking about the problem of uh, archaeology. <laughs> I, I really am. Cultural... Uh, taking away of cultural yeah. items from other places. Well, things. not, yeah, not yeah, just that as well. Um, and this is me being a lot older and um, someone who was pursuing history as a career choice as well. It's a really blatant example of colonialism yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you have um, the non-white characters relying on Americans or being subjugated by Nazis and, you know, having their heritage taken away from them yeah. because yeah. they can be taken away from them. Yeah, they could be uh, taken advantage of and... Yeah, yeah, but that's it's true, and I that's mean, exactly it. And you know, Egypt. But that's what the old yeah. archaeology. I mean, like the British Museum, dear God, back in it's the day. A, oh, look, it's a very problematic history um, that I don't think many have reckoned with just yet. I mean, in 1936, when the film is being, um, when the film takes place as well, decolonization is already happening around the world. Um, yeah. But again, the British. Um, military still had a big presence in Egypt despite the fact that it was no longer part of the empire from since 1922. Yeah. So there's a bit of a imbalance right there. There's still interference by these imperial powers who put these countries into the shitty positions they are today. <laughs> yeah, to, to take advantage of them. That's exactly right. Yeah. And also installing people who they think they can still influence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you see the sort of state of the country. It's just the Bellocks having a free reign. Like, well, they're the, just yes. running amok. The, all the Germans are at that well, point, yeah. but they're, yeah. they're another empirical army. So, Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. They were trying to become the new next imperial power, really. Mm-hmm. Hitler used, definitely used that playbook. Yeah. And then um, it just became yeah, like yeah, a, this I, sort I, of supernatural... Which was a real thing. The the, the supernatural arm of the SS oh, okay. was a real yeah. thing. Was, the, um, yeah. like, oh, God, I can't remember the name of it. It had a really cool name. Yeah, I'm not sure. Cool as cool as Nazis can be, um, <laughs> <laughs> but they they had they actually had a name and yes, an actual. No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Russia has one as well, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe the English did as well. Yes, oh, they, they yes. definitely would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I I don't know if 
if you load that much sort of mm. historical context onto it on Indiana Jones, oh, I, yeah, I, look, feel, I, I feel feel like really it's because I feel like it's still treading that's the line. What he was trying to do? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But I guess because um, I think we're still treading the line of fantasy. Yeah, like it's it's fantasy yes. set in a in a reality. Yeah, but it's still yeah. kind of pulp. Yeah, very much so. I guess um, the way that I was seeing it, and you know, this is just me looking at it being a little bit older as well. When you see the showdown between Belloc and Indiana Jones, um, Belloc appeals to his vanity more than anything, which <laughs> yes. makes him put down the bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in in that sense, Belloc's kind of right. They are very similar. Yeah. Very, mm. very similar. But you well, don't. They are both grave robbers, really. <laughs> they really are. Um, yeah. but Only one of them doesn't side with the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and no matter what, Nazis are the worst thing you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the Trust me, make the a film. flow chart, I dare you. It ends at Nazis. <laughs> yeah. uh, the action in the film. Oh, it's spectacular. It. It's one of the things that I. I sort of miss in a lot of current films which are edited really fast. So mm-hmm. a lot of the sequences context are a little bit broader and, yeah, you get the context of what's going on. You um, understand You understand space. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Like the fight around – I'm looking at your shirt – the fight around the wing. Mm. I love you that scene. You understand where everyone is, where everything is located, the fact that there are these moving blades in the situation yep. as well, but you get it. Everything is mm-hmm. – and you know you don't have to do these fourteen jump cuts in a That's in right. a scene to make yes. it action packed or dramatic. There's and, what, and there's enough time for comedy. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about Mortal Kombat in the previous podcast there, and the action sequences in there. I forgot to mention, just had that same <laughs> feel. As really, so many really cuts, quick. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that I just sort of didn't care. It's become like a standard though, and yeah. it's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. It sort of came from the Bourne identity, which sort of did it well because it was just this one frantic moment of him losing himself mm. into that moment. Yeah. yeah. But then everyone does it as an action sequence. Yeah, now, but I mean like, like Batman Begins did it as well. Like yeah. it's got the worst. We have no idea what's going on in those fight scenes. Yeah. 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 But in Indiana Jones, it's up to the point where you can even have a comic moment yeah. based on yeah. one punch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like dark, boof. Yes. And things yeah. like that. So we get that good sense. And as you said, yeah, it's a sense of space, but it's also mm. context and you can see how it's all happening. And I think it comes down to a lot of uh, choreographed stunts, mm-hmm. which are quite amazing. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> I also really love the... Um, I'd sort of deem it part of, um, as an action scene, the escape from the tomb with all the snakes where the Ark is kept. The logistical... Oh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the statue. Tipping the statue. The, statue, the yeah. logistical component of that, him realising there's a hollow wall there where, where they can get out mm-hmm. and he has to tip it forward yep. and then you see poor Marion go through this room filled <laughs> with weird. mummified skeletons <laughs> and she's losing her mind. <laughs> yeah, she goes insane for a second. And then, I mean, that's, I think that's like the, the, you know, the action conclusion of the film anyway, is it goes from that scene, it goes through to the fight to the wing, then to the truck. Oh, I love the truck scene. Oh, that's one of the best chases ever. (laughs) Do you think it takes a knock at German engineering with Mercedes with the, um, (laughs) (laughs) it just breaks and he goes under the truck. I thought that was a bit of a dig. (laughs) (laughs) It's not enough to hold up this, uh, this American man meat. That's exactly right. America. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, but how cool is it? Like you, you, it, it, once again, it sets up all that stuff where it's like we know how many people there are in the back of the truck and now yeah. they're going to move them to the front of the truck and then th- that one guy who seems to hang on longer than anybody yeah. <laughs> and it's very interesting because it's also a testament to Indy's resourcefulness as well because you also see the bad guy go through the exact same situation but it's unsuccessful it. <laughs> gets flattened <laughs> he gets flattened the poor darling and then like the dragging behind that like these amazing practical stunts yeah. that like yeah. god damn it stunt people deserve so much more respect <laughs> and credit they really you know, where he's, it's Vic Armstrong I think mm. getting dragged behind the truck oh. <laughs> like um, what a scene! Yeah, and then like it, it, and the hero wins. Like he, he, he takes the arc, and it's only because the Nazis are underhanded and have a submarine that they're able That's to get right, it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then you get that sort of closing point where we do have a massive, how would we say, base like a James Bond. It's n- secret <laughs> Nazi island. You know, island. Yeah, yes. secret you know, Nazi island. Massive mm-hmm. flag. SNI, secret Nazi island. <laughs> they've got a friggin full like cave submarine port it's Mm. that was definitely the james bond moment definitely also when um 
it felt that it was a bit of a spy moment to me when um he goes in disguise. He goes in disguise and he's um he sort of understands what um the other the German officer is trying to tell him to be like straighten up your uniform, adjust your hat, and he's just like no 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 screw this and just punches <laughs> it like that. Catches the hat like once again those great like comedy moments. Yeah, that's exactly it, and it's just. Oh, but can't. Harrison Ford can do that. He can play it with that like those yeah. great sort of. Things. He just he way just, he works his face. Yeah, it's sort of like um you sort of it's almost see, like a silent yeah, movie. Sick yeah, of, sick of the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of got Buster Keaton out of that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like because he's not speaking English. It's yeah. like a silent movie mm. moment. And yeah. it's all done in this great, like, kind of ex- exaggerated And Ford's got this wonderful facial expressions where he's just like, uh, 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 you know what? Yep, short sure, hat, shirt. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and then whack. Yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Mm. And then through to the, the, the final kind of special effects driven. Yeah, finale where we, we we get to see the power of the arc and yes, the glorious power of melting Nazis and exploding <laughs> people's heads. I think the, I think um, the only object that has a higher um, Nazi kill count than Indy <laughs> is the arc. So, <laughs> but Indy has a sequel to kill more Nazis. I know, but the arc was just like yeah. you know what I'm going to show yeah, you how it's done sick. quickly and efficiently. Yeah, I've got some <laughs> and cleans up nobodies. Yeah, I've got some mist. I've got some lightning <laughs> and creepy. Death Angels. Yes. yes which absolutely. is like, I remember terrifying me as a child. Yeah, like, that, that's never, awesome yes. never liking the, into the skull. Yeah. Yeah. And the music too. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the face melting as well. That, yeah. I. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's one thing this franchise does well. It's pop Nazis' heads. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. And I mean, launched a genre of its own. We've got the Indiana Jones is now. Fran- media franchise, there are books, there are mm-hmm. video games, there is the TV show, yes. which, for better or worse, a, <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> it's mm. not very good, but you can watch it. Yeah. It leans heavily on that like Saturday morning educational <laughs> sort of <laughs> oh, right, yeah. stuff. Young Indiana Jones does. It also, um, you know, has set up for other franchises to take off as well. If, if not for Indiana Jones, you wouldn't have, you know, the 1999 Mummy movie. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's leaning heavily it on It leans Indiana heavily Jones. on that swashbuckling action adventure. 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 Yeah, or even the game Tomb Raider. Yes, Uncharted. that's exactly right. Uncharted, yep. Mm-hmm. Although Uncharted's probably a Tomb Raider. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think, oh, no, I think, I think Uncharted leans more on indie than it does Tomb Raider. I think as a style, but as a game, it came from that Tomb Raider type. Yeah, because Tomb Raider's got that, like, almost silly, <laughs> like... Fighting dinosaurs for no reason, stuff yeah. like yeah, but, it's, but yeah, it's I get what you're saying. Archaeologist idea and stuff. So it's um, and I'm sure there are like countless books that go down this sort of. I remember reading Cairo Jim as a kid because I was interested in right, you know, Indiana Jones. Like yeah. it, 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 and I mean, it certainly began my love of history and why I wanted to pursue it for a little while there. And, and Absolutely, and but you know, it sort of got me on that. Like, oh wow. Like. I remember very clearly when I went to uni as well. Um, I went to my first lecture and it was um, AHIS 101, Introduction to Egyptian Archaeology. Did he wear a fedora? No, she did not. But <laughs> she she didn't, didn't wear a fedora. But um, she was at the front of the lecture hall being like, this is not like Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> or Tomb Raider. If it is, you should leave. And some people did. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> and who I, does that? Well, so long. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I was just like, you need to manage your expectations, people. <laughs> of course it's not like that. <laughs> you will not be fighting Nazis. <laughs> no, there are no Nazis to be fought. <laughs> His no 102, punching bullets. Nazis. Yes, for this week's lab, we will learn how to properly punch a Nazi. <laughs> the face is the softest because the Germans are cowards. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else do we have to say about Indiana Jones? It's, I think it's just something that will always... Or Raiders, rather. Raiders, Raiders. of the Lost yeah, Because we were talking about it and we might very well one day tackle Temple of Doom and we might tackle Last Crusade. I think Last Crusade would be a great retrospective to do as well. Yes. I think so too, yeah. It's a fantastic film. Mm. Temple, there are mixed feelings. <laughs> and that yeah. also could make it interesting to talk about. Yeah. It'll just be me denying it ever happened, but yes. Wow. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah, Temple's is. not that bad. It is that bad. Yeah, All that I child slavery and mm-hmm. <laughs> what's her name screaming? The screeching Kate Capshaw screaming. Kate Capshaw, yes. But I think Raiders in particular, it just captured something in a, in every generation it's fun it's easy to watch it's a character that you get to know really well and you care about 
And I think the period that it's chosen makes it timeless. Yes. Yes, it does. It's setting it in that set it th- so that it can't date. Yeah. Yes. Ex- that's um, and that's very important. Yeah. It's done well in that sense. Uh, to me, given you know film history and what I guess American adventure films and things like that have all generated in the fifties and earlier, mm-hmm. it this is the ultimate adventure B film. Yeah, it's almost yeah. as if all roads lead to Jones. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, oh. How long have yeah. you been sitting on that? That was way too... A couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it is. Yeah. It's the ultimate it, 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 B-adventure film. I can't... Th- I mean, there are, there's there been more modern attempts at, I guess, trying to crack it, like National Treasure and stuff, and just yeah. don't hold a candle to it. Like... No. Mm. That's the only thing that could pop into my head. <laughs> Nick Cage. Oh, look, yeah, there's probably a whole lot. I, I mean, there were oh, there's legitimate like, like Solomon, sim- Solomon, King, King Solomon's Mind. They've done that a few times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which is actually an earlier story than Indiana Jones. Yeah. but and maybe Indiana Jones borrows from that concept. Hey, what's the? That's that's um um. Alan Quatermain. Yes, it? yes sir. thank yeah. you. Cool. Yeah, it's Alan Quatermain. Oh yeah. Uh, but Alan Quatermain. <laughs> The Sean Connery, 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 Sean Connery, <laughs> Quatermain, <laughs> shot a lion once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, um, um, yeah, I, I'd say it's an influence. But then when they've actually gone to make it, they're stuck in the shadow of Indiana Jones. Yeah. So Raiders of the Lost Ark has overshadowed a lot of these things. Yeah, mm, nothing can quite measure up to it, really. I can't think of anything. I, and I've tried. I've tried to find films because I'm always like, I, like you know. If I'm in that mood, mm. it'll be like I'll either play Uncharted or I'll watch Indiana Jones and then I'll try <laughs> to find something else and I'll give the librarians a crack, but it's just too silly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's there's nothing that comes close to nailing that kind of f- playing with history, but also high octane adventure, like mm. playing with mm-hmm. it in a really cool, fun way where you just, unfortunately, you just not every movie is going to have a cool boulder chase uh, sequence. I think Monica <laughs> was right though, probably the closest that's ever come to it is The Mummy. Yeah. Yeah. And also that's set in a similar time period as well in the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing with that kind of period adventure. I think so as well. And, you know, there's – I think the danger of having those sorts of films set in the modern day as well is you have um, other ways to sort of skirt around it. You have technological advances. You've got the science. You've got, you know – there's ways to escape. You'll have characters that sort of run a blog and will be like sort of some sort of little wiener antagonist <laughs> being like, well, actually. <laughs> well, it, it sort of takes away from that like the, the – like the, the – um, It makes it too easy to solve. Yeah, but but I mean I think there's, there's this there's – this, I think this, that's the charm of Pulp is that like mm. even like the Brendan Fraser, like the oh. square-jawed like, goodbye, Benny. Like that kind <laughs> of – there's something – yeah, even though sometimes it doesn't date well and it doesn't play well, as well as it certainly used to, mm. there's something so harmlessly fun about it when you're playing with it in that kind of in that way. Yes, where it's like square jaws and like a punch on the you know that's that's what's good for you. <laughs> like you yeah, know what I mean. And also, you have um, strong female characters as well. They're who always definitely they're hold always their own. yeah. They're always except for you know. Temple of Doom, they're usually yes. depicted as very <laughs> capable women, you know, and they might be, sure, they might be in a dress and showing a bit of leg, but they've got a gun in their purse. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Mm. And it, and it, it, like, Pulp has the ability to play with those things really, in a really fun way, the same way Noir plays with more darker tones, like mm. they're these sort of genres that are really kooky and really fun and Pulp Adventures, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. And, but... Is set the standard for it. Everything else is is trying to now imitate what indie perfected, and that's why people keep going back and watch Raiders over and over again. You know, if I'm feeling down one day, I'm going to switch on Raiders because it just makes me happy. It's fun. It's fun to it, watch. It ticks all the boxes. Yeah, it's the ultimate adventure, mm. as it said. Uh, here's the question, though. Mm. Mm. The next one. No. That was a quick answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is it possible to continue this? Uh, It's they're obviously making another one. Well, we did talk about we've talked about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which um, leans on this sort of fifties thing. Yeah, Mm. and I think it's just not. I I think it could have been really good. Like it could have been 
Yes. It could have been good. Yep. It, you know. Just change it for Russians, yep. Too many... Too yeah, exactly. Too many... Which is fine because yeah. we're going into that red menace and yep. yes. UFOs and stuff. I don't even care about the aliens. That's cool. Yeah. It's... We talked about... When we talked about it, there's like six screenwriters. Yeah. The moment you can't distill a story, try again. Mm. Like, just be like, cool, let's find a different idea. If you need to hire six people to go through one script to get what we got from friggin' Frank Darabont to David Coop just to get <laughs> not a very good movie. Yep. And I don't think Spielberg is the problem with the movie at all because no, he's I not. think he, his direction's fine. There's an over-reliance on CGI and things like that, but, you know, we're in a changing world. That's the way things seem to be going. But I feel like if they're going to make a fifth one, you know what works. I'm You've got three that are perfectly fine over there. <laughs> Just Or two in Monica's book. But two. Yes. Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> two and a half really good things. Like, you need to go back to the practical stunts. We need to figure out a less kind of, I don't know. But like, when do we set it? Is it still going to be the right, 50s? You'd have to go off his age and it'd have to be the 60s. 60s. I, I would feel if you were going to do it, I would actually recast and have a younger Indiana Jones before Raiders. Before Temple so of Doom, yeah. and before Temple of Doom, rather I think prequels would be a better bet. Yes. Yeah, I, I think agree. it would be a much safer bet. Go back to the period, mm. and you know, again, you'd have to recast the role, which might stir up some emotions not in some people. But not no. if it's a prequel, not necessarily. No. There's a few out there that I can definitely think can of I who say, could fit the bill. Uh, River Phoenix. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, it nailed it. In, in <laughs> so he, it can be done. It can be done. No, and no one, and no one like was upset about that. No, it was. I love the opening sequence. See, I still think Aldrich Earnwright did a, a fine Han Solo. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that wasn't bad. So, but again, that's a prequel. So, I, yeah. I, I agree. I actually like feel they should be Indian in that World direction. War One around that time, maybe. Yeah, exactly, and that also shows um, Indy in the prime of his life. He's learning how to become the archaeologist that we learn to love. Yeah, yeah, learning that sometimes it's easier to shoot than it is to fight. However. Yeah, oh, we're going to get the older one. We are, yeah. yeah. However, as nice as that conversation was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, Although are you looking forward to it? Oh, I'll see it. Of course, I'll see yeah, it. Well, yes, we're going to see it. Like, no matter what, we're going to see it. I, I, yeah. I mean, if 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 you know, we've got this like overarching Disney control now, and I feel like they're probably going to want to try to make it as much money out of this thing as possible. Mm. They're probably going to try to make it a little more. Than what Paramount let happen with, <laughs> you think, or Lucas let happen with? <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, like, like, yeah. like, yeah. For, Force Awakens was a, a very controlled experience to capitalize on our nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Then yeah. they kind of, yeah. But then that's that's yeah. When you say they kind of, um, yeah, yeah, going. yeah. But maybe five will be great, but six might suck. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All <laughs> oh, right, yeah, I forgot it. They're going to go. For <laughs> of course, they will, because <laughs> yeah. it's Disney. They're going to. We're going to get something that we can. Okay, it might be the start of a trilogy. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they will endeavor to make it appeal to everyone. Mm. Mm. Well, and the way they're going to do that is by making it more like the old ones, as much as they can. Because they've already had. A, that's forward. the thing. Because they've already had a misstep. Yeah, mm. they know what happens when it doesn't work. Mm. And you just know eventually they're going to remake. Raiders. It will happen oh, eventually. I think. I think we'd be probably more likely to get. Yeah, I think the other prequels. adventures. Oh no, no, not in the immediate future. I'm talking maybe 20, 30 years down the track. Oh, you possibly. think? I yeah. reckon so. No, I think it'd be like Star Wars. They just keep pumping other entries or James Bond. Mm, maybe. Like yeah, just I'd have them as like solo adventures. Yeah. Mm, okay. Which they've all sort of been, except for I mean, the, the only one that sticks out is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because it relies on Raiders. Because you got Marion back, and then yeah. yes, they get married and have and a there's kid a and there's a Shia LaBeouf. They have a Shia LaBeouf because <laughs> <laughs> I can only assume that the next one is going to be like him, Indian son. That's what five's going to be. Could be. And I mean, it might, and it might even be like a torch passing sort of endeavor. I think that's what they were talking about around the time that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out. Actually, but I imagine how terrible that would have been. I mean, I remember talks about potentially casting Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt as a no. young indie, wasn't it? No, I know you don't like Chris Pratt. It's not about that. He just doesn't fit the bill. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Nah, he doesn't have the charisma. It's different. It's just different. Yes, I can't think of an actor who'd be able to do it right do. now. So like young Indiana Jones, who would you young pick? Young Indiana Jones. I would pick Sebastian Stan, maybe. He could do it. 
why they haven't made the young Luke Skywalker show with him yet is uh, yeah okay yeah, actually yeah, no yeah that's true because <laughs> he looks like <laughs> he young looks Mark like Hamill. Him. <laughs> 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 looks like, um, yeah, I, I I I couldn't think of an actor who has that who could pull off that kind of. And maybe we shouldn't. Maybe it should. Maybe be, maybe, maybe it I would should love be someone no one's really seen before because maybe or maybe that will just help. or maybe leave it alone. Yeah, which would be better, but <laughs> just this. But we this don't live in your idealistic I dream know, world. I know. <laughs> this last point I'll make, though, I do feel going right back to the beginning of what you were saying earlier about Lucas not wanting Harrison Ford. Mm. I do feel that Indiana Jones is carrying a little bit of Han Solo into it in now yeah. in the way yeah, that we view completely. it. Completely, it's, it's it's not looking exactly at a hero. We're looking at a kind of a rogue yes and, and that's what works mm. but i think we've got that assumption the moment we see him oh yes you get yeah. what i mean it's, oh yeah it doesn't have yeah. to be established it works because, because it's we've already Ford. got that sitting in there which mm. we've got the guy I'm who shoots wondering first whether that, <laughs> lucas was aware of that's what would happen mm. Mm. maybe but maybe but yeah, it's, it's just a maybe question it's part of its success as well as well as, yeah yeah raiders of the lost ark i don't think there's any question that this wasn't going to be anything short of just uh, us gushing about how good it is because it is that good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Pop Culture. I have been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. Culture is produced by and recorded by Jason Eddy, Monica Porto, and Scott Souter. The clip for this week's show was the original theatrical trailer for Raiders of the Lost Ark, and the song at the end was the Raiders March by John Williams. If you're enjoying the show, please I invite you to jump onto Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It helps us expand the show and reach new listeners. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, we're available at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash popculturepod, or on Twitter at popcultureau.